Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Heidi ho And your co-host... Oh, yes. Sorry. And your co-host, Hunter. Sup. And uh, we have a guest this week, folks, joining us from... Uh, you're in Texas, right? Am I remembering that right? You're in Austin? Yeah. Right? All right. Mm-hmm. The director of fun... At Descended Studios, unless your title has changed since you were last. No, it's still the same. Okay. still the same. Director of Fun at Descended Studios, Eric Wingman Peterson. Welcome back, Eric. Well, hello. Glad to to be here. It is a pleasure. Now, last time you were on, we talked about the game you're currently working on, Descent Underground. Mm -hmm. That was a year Mm -hmm. or so ago. So before we get into our main topic, let's just hit that real quick. Because you guys have been updating that pretty regularly. Uh, yeah, every two to four weeks. Um, we're actually going to have to slow down a little bit on that, though, because we're more, we're working on a single player right now. So, you know, those things, that's our, like, get out of early access um, car. Now, we do have a we do have something coming up in the next couple of weeks, though. We have a, we're going to have a multiplayer demo, which is going to be free to play, where people can play one ship and try out the game, um, you know, before they buy, so to speak. So uh, we've gotten to the point where now the game is solid. It's the the we've gotten to multiplayer where we need it to be. And now we want to fill the servers up. So nothing fills them up better than, better than free. And that's the truth. No, that's a great idea. Yeah. I just played, um, I, I hadn't visited in a while cause it's, it's a tough road with early access. Like you don't want to get burnt out mm-hmm. before it's released, but, but you want to play it. So I've been, I, I kind of, touch early access games every now and again. I don't like, mm-hmm. try, I try not to get burned out. So I revisit every so often. And I revisited Descent uh, a few days ago, since we're going to have you on. I played cool. against, I played against some bots. They're, they were pretty good. They, uh, they kicked my butt. Did you play rookie or did you play hot shot? I mean, we have two, we have difficulty levels. Oh, in I, played so yeah, I played hot shot. I played hot shot. Yeah. They're going to be, I mean, they're not going to be easy. And, and those are just the, those are the drones that you, you're, those are the ships you're flying. And so, We've got a bunch of them for single player that are not in the game. I mean, they're not in what everybody gets to see yet, but we've got them uh, behind closed doors. So we're, we're going to try to have a big, you know, single player release thing. I mean, it's, it's been, it's interesting because the game's good, but it's also uh, to play it really, really well. You need a console controller or a joystick. Now, when I first started making games back in the day, back when games were on PC only, you know, everybody had, everybody had a joystick, right? We all had joysticks. And so that's not the case anymore. And now a lot of the younger generation has, like, game pads, but they don't necessarily hook them up to their PC. So a lot of that Wait. gaming group is still on PlayStation and Xbox. So, Wait a minute. Um, not everyone has five... Microsoft Sidewinder Force Feedback 2s like I do? No. no. Yeah, see, I'm on a Logitech Extreme Pro 3D. That's that's where I'm at. But, you know, and it's funny because they're actually kind of missing out. The joystick is a wonderful way to play with the joystick and keyboard combo. Um, although, has anybody played Battlefield 1 with a joystick? I can't fly those damn planes for crap. I keep hitting damn hilltops. And I'm like, man, this is not, you know, this is not how you're supposed to do it. So I'm thinking maybe hopefully joystick supports it. Yeah, I can fly a little better. Uh, I will have to, I only did mouse and keyboard just to test it out um, the other day. So I oh, see, I don't think it plays stick. as well. Oh. Okay. So mouse and keyboard, like a lot of first person shooter players expect to turn around quickly, but there's inertia and you're in a ship. So it doesn't turn around right away. And yeah, we are a first found, person. 
I found that out the hard way. Yeah, I found that out. Yeah, the hard way. well, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but so the best thing, the best thing probably would be for you to hook up a gamepad, give it a go. It's really it's, it's tuned to where gamepad, joystick, or mouse and keyboard are all equal. So there's okay. not like you know most first person shooters, it's keyboard and mouse, right? It wins all the time. So we balanced it. Well, I am super excited to hear more single players coming. That's how I spent much of my descent time back in the day. So I'm. Glad I think that. it's. I think so. one of the mistakes we made was we 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 played single player and multiplayer, uh, but it's a four to five to one ratio for the preferred single player over multiplayer. Really? Uh, maybe if I re if I redid this again, I'd probably narrow the scope and do three ships to start mm-hmm. instead of nine that we have in there now, uh-huh. and then add add them and then do the single player before. Because when you got to balance nine ships, you got to take the time to balance nine different roles and nine different ships. And so, once you get all that, then you can hit the single player. Because because if you did it the other way around, it, it would be completely off. And so, if we had done three ships, we could have gotten single player done earlier. So I think you know that's probably an error. On, well, definitely an error in my judgment. Crap happens. Am I allowed to cuss? Uh, I'm. We encourage I'm, it. You know what? I'm trying to cuss less. But okay. I can't tell my guests what to do. So All right, ish, hap- ish happens. Feel, yes, feel free. <laughs> if it if it happens, it happens. But you know, I, yeah. I I curse a lot. I'm from Philadelphia, so so All I, right, I, right. I, so I curse a lot. So I'm trying to. I am personally trying to do that less. But go ahead if you feel the need. Well, I'm just saying that happens. You kind of yes. you, know, you, you go in with, yes. with with viewpoints, and and you learn along the way. I mean, every time we do a game, it's like a it's whatever you design or think it's going to be right in day one is, is uh, usually not <laughs> by the time you finish the thing. Uh, another game you worked on was star Lancer. And um, I did after, yeah. after we had you on last time we uh, mm-hmm. got on, have you ever heard of evolve? It's a v- it's a virtual land service. No, that's kind of cool. No, oh. I didn't know evolve. No, it's great. There are a couple of them. There's game ranger and there's Hamachi and there's evolve. And we oh prefer- yeah, I know game ranger. Yeah. Sure. We prefer evolve. Well, um, well, I will say Hamachi's not necessarily geared specifically no, towards gaming, but it can. But it okay. is a VPM, and you can do it. Yeah, but uh, we found Evolve works the best for our needs, so we loaded up. Like because you, you told, we didn't know this, but you told us that Star Lancer can be played co-op in the campaign. So we loaded it up. Sure and I think uh, I think four of us played that night, and we played through like four missions. It was great. I know it was great. Thank you. I mean, I don't mean I know that that it's. I know that you guys enjoy it. I mean, it's like when we did co-op, we were one of the first to do co-op single player, and nobody. I mean, nobody freaking played it. It was like it was so so disheartening. We put so much effort into that. It probably pushed our ship date by four to five months. Oh my god! Because what we did is we put like extra little branches in there at some points in the story before. One, two, three, four players. We made it difficult, more difficult and stuff. We really did a lot on that, and and I think we, I think when we ran the numbers afterwards, it was like less than two, five percent played co-op oh. multiplayer. It was just too early. It was just, it was too early. Yeah, because, uh, people weren't, didn't have like we have Discord right here. They didn't have Discord. I don't think Teamspeak was around or Ventrilo or not really. It was no. Before all that, so all that stuff and. um yeah, it's cool. I'm glad you guys played it. I mean, you liked it. Well, I wonder. Awesome. If, I wonder if the, some people just didn't even realize that it did it because it was so unheard of, and it it didn't really like put it in your face like play this co-op. So well, we again we weren't back then. This is I think '99. Yeah, we, we weren't uh, we weren't really connected vocally on the web yet. I mean, you know, you, most people are still coming off of AOL, right? So 
Yeah, I think so Netscape, so Netscape was still around. Party-ish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. You right. You didn't party, and and so we didn't. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft was our publisher for that game, right? So hmm. they had a very specific set of guidelines they went through, and I didn't agree with all of them. I mean, I know for a fact that we had this really badass looking propaganda style, you know, Nazi Germany, Goebbels style propaganda Starlancer box. And a couple people in Sweden and, Nor- and Norway or something, some distributors pushed back so it was too um, fascist. And so the two weeks before we shipped, they switched this really crappy Star Wars ripoff cartoony game cover. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. And I, just, I can still recall them coming down to our office and saying, hey, man, here's a new box. It was me. It was Aaron Roberts. Chris Roberts were sitting there talking. And Chris and Aaron are like, oh, it's not so bad. And I'm just listening. And I finally just blew up. Said, what the flip are you talking about? This is absolutely horrible. What about this tells people when they walk into to GameStop that they're going to stop and go, oh, my God, I got to have this. This is absolute crap. And I went, I just went on a tirade, and Chris and Aaron were like looking at me, kind of shaking their heads, laughing. And then Ed Freeze, who's a dear friend and, and has been in the industry a long time, is high up at Microsoft, came up to me at E3 and personally apologized for that crappy box. We won worst box of the year. We won worst <laughs> box of the year from several publications. That's, that's a that's a title. Wow, because yeah, back, back when there were boxes. When they're yeah. boxes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we won worst box cover of the year, and we totally deserved it. Well, oh, man. Right, I'm it's I'm box. looking at it right, unless it's, this is like the the one that didn't happen. No, it's it, a it's fighter like, and a guy and a girl. It, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a Star Wars ripoff. It's basically the Star. Oh, Wars. yeah, but I mean, it, it lets you know it's like, well, there's spaceships in this, and which at the it. time wasn't yeah, that unusual. It's, it's not like you got Mark Hamill; you could put his mug on the front of the goddamn thing. You got it's just no, but it's it's. A, just it's a gritty movies. story. It's a gritty game. It's right, really but you got, got these two you know, nondescript people on the cover. Right. Like, what does that tell right. you? Nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, it's just. It was a fun game, though. It was. Oh yeah. It was. Uh, we we developed that with Warthog in the UK. They did a lot of the work, and I ended up um, working with them for several years on other projects too. And actually, a lot of those guys who are on Starlancer are now making um, Star Citizen uh, in the UK. Lead it's, programmer, lead artist, lead designer. It's yeah, funny you. Uh, it's funny you bring up Warthog because I just discovered two of their PlayStation games recently. Um, Star oh, yeah? Trek, Star Trek Invasion, I think it's called, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, the Battlestar Galactica game for the PS2. Cool. And you uh, know, Star Lancer is also on the on the Dreamcast. Yes, I have it for the Dreamcast as well. <laughs> It's not bad yeah, on that was, controller. It's not bad on that controller. No, they, they were good. That's a good team. There were good people there. Man. Yeah. We had some really cool stuff. Yeah, we, we did. Uh, we, we did. I remember we were doing um, uh, Bounty Hunter, which is this game. And, and and so if you play Bounty Hunter, realize it's going to suck until you get to like mission. Was that, um, was that Mace Griffin Bounty Hunter? Yes. Yeah, oh, yes. God. It sucked <laughs> until, you got to, until you got to the TV head mission where it, all the robots had TV heads. But it was like. We were supposed we we Universal was our publisher and they forced us to publish that six months before it was we were supposed to publish it because they needed to hit some quarterly numbers and that game was just not done and I I know that all the guys at Warthog were all of us were really disappointed that that was going on and you know sometimes the money people you know get get the say and they're not always you know they they've been the death of as many projects as they've been helpful for. Mm. 
And that's another one with a not so great cover, if I recall the cover correctly. Yes. Like, like some guy with a gun and it's like red and it's like well, what is, what is this? What? I don't understand. It's a funny story. We we were at we were we were publishing two games for him. We we're doing at one of the game I was working on called Shadows of Mordor, which never got made, which never got finished. We're actually six months ahead of schedule. It was kind of like a, it was a Lord of the Rings tale, but it was meanwhile back at the ranch. Like we had this whole other group that was going through and you'd run across the ring quest every now and then. And you were with Radagast the Brown. And so with this whole long story, we were six months ahead of schedule on a game and they, they had a, we had a $5 million deal to make it. They were 4 million in. Um, and in order to kill the game, they had to pass a $500,000 kill fee. So to be, <laughs> they had to pay us 4.5 of the five, and then they wouldn't get a product. And all so they basically, was, they paid for the thing, that, and they what? just didn't want it. They killed it. They killed what? it. Yeah. Well, no, okay, this, this is where you came. So they killed, uh, it was, uh, they killed all these games. Um, this guy came over from Fox, and he just, just brutalized all their catalog. But the reason was they were doing, uh, they were, before Activision got Blizzard, Blizzard was part of Universal, right? And so... Blizzard was doing World of Warcraft, and they were sucking up all the money from Universal. Universal was just paying crap loads. And here's the funny part: they would Blizzard wouldn't let the Universal producers into their building. They'd get stuck at the front door, and they say, "When are you shipping?" And they would not let them in. They go, "We're going to ship when we're done." And yeah, Universal was paying for it, and so they ended up killing our project. They ship makes Griffin early. They just basically ruined their catalog to get World of Warcraft. But once they got World of Warcraft out, they took off. So it was an amazing time. Oh. It was great if you're a Blizzard. It wasn't so great working for them if you were not there. Yeah, the, the early aughts was a really odd time for gaming. <laughs> yeah, did you ever yeah. have George Lucas walk into one of your meetings? And I never, like, no. You need to I rename never. the main character from uh, from Frodo to, to Jet Lightyear. <laughs> the Jet Lightyear. You know, he did... He did come in after Chris published Wing Commander, the first one. He came into his group and and basically threw down and said, "What? The, some little punk in Austin's doing this, and we're we can't, you know." He really had a fit. So that was kind of a cool story we heard about from from our buddies at Lucasarts. Yeah, that was. Um, I I kind of got that from Westman too, right? Because he he was on the receiving end of. Oh of yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, he's a good guy too, man. They're they're yeah. doing they're doing are they doing Starfighter Inc. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing yeah. right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're, we're I, I had them on my show. Oh, they were good people. Oh, they're great people. We're 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 trying to arrange an X Wing versus Tie Fighter match with him, so he can oh, get us through good. the so he can get us through this one mission we've been stuck on since God knows when. Because he, he might be right. in things. So. <laughs> He he's over. He's in Finland, right? Yeah, over, he's like Norway or Finland or something. Yeah, the time yeah he, he's really... he floats back and forth, but unfortunately, yeah. he doesn't bring his game rig with him when he's back in the states. So, well, he teaches uh, over there. That's yeah, his, yeah, he's exactly. Got a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Smart man. It's oh, much oh. more stable. We ad- we adore him <laughs> at Space Game Junkie. We adore David Westman. If you're yeah. listening, David, we're big fans. Anyway, so now we get to the part of the story that I. Th- I'm most interested in talking about Conquest Frontier Wars. Now, at this point, you guys had left uh, Microsoft right. and were working with uh, Ubisoft. Um, well, you... okay, so... Okay, yeah, Microsoft... I was going to say, please elaborate on how that all happened. Right, so Microsoft was acquiring Digital Anvil, and some of us were staying and some of us were going. Um, we'll, we'll get too much into particulars, but so we were... I was on... I did Starlancer, and then 
shifted over to Conquest to, to finish that. I was like a closer. And so helped redesign all that. I got all that going and then was producing that project. And Microsoft decided that they wanted um, Freelancer and they wanted Loose Cannon, which was kind of like a Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah, it Grand never happened. I remember that. I it was a great Loose game. Cannon. It was really, Tony Zerbeck oh. was really cool. Yeah. Well, Tony Zerbeck and, and, uh, and Jorg Newman. Actually, Jorg was uh, oh the driving God. creative force behind it. That would have been and amazing. So, they were, the previews, oh, dude, it was incredible. Were, the it was previews incredible. Were, that for, were incredible back in the day. Yeah. I, I, I really wanted that game. Well, and Freeze again apologized on that too. He said they should have shipped both of them. And so, so basically, when we did the purchase, I didn't want to move to Seattle and work for Microsoft. I, I love Austin, and so they let us take Conquest and shop it around. And me and one of the guy, Tom Maurer, said we could finish it. We were, you know, we'd gone through the testing. We'd done a lot of stuff Microsoft had cut. We were putting back in. And so he and I just basically did, you know, two man plumbing, and we redid all the missions together. We balanced them and put them put a bunch of new stuff in there, put Admiral um, um, stances in there. They'd, they'd cut the Admirals out, and we put them back in. What? And then I gotta, don't let me forget about – remind me of that because i got to explain how the Admirals came about. This was great. And I so, love the Admirals. Um, Why would you cut we that? Put in, we put in different debris types So that, you know, because if you're in a – being that you could find on up to 16 maps, you could come on – you could come upon a battle that's happened and not know – who's there and you, you guys know you choose a race and you don't know maybe who the other guys are and so you come into an area this will get it's like a, it's like a clue like okay these two these two fleets fought i need to therefore change my strategy so i can take these guys on um and so we, we fixed a lot of the stuff that microsoft had cut uh and so yeah we ship with ubisoft now ubisoft was good and bad because they said yes they do it and they they pay i think we got like 200 grand between the two of us and then we had a deal where they they gave us another not, now when i say 200 grand that doesn't mean we each got 100,000 it means, it meant they said they donate they, they would give us 200 grand so we had to buy computers office space all this other crap so oh. um it was just Tim and I that did it. We had this 2,000-square-foot office, which became Fever Fish Studios. We grew to, like, 100 people out of this, but it was really cool. Um, so Tom and I set out to, to, to take Conquest and, and finish it, and, you know, and we did. And we put everything back in, and it was really – it was amazing. It, you know, it was a fun time. Yeah, I wanted to bring up one thing I love about this game, and it's uh, Supply. And Supplies and supply lines. Yeah. yeah. The only other game I think, the only other, especially real time strategy game, I think that's gotten supply right is Kohan. The, uh, the Kohan. Uh, oh, games. Kohan. Those guys. Yeah. They're out of business. The Houston guys. Yeah. T- Timegate. Yeah. Uh, Timegate. Yeah. I like those guys too. So we did, we, we wanted, we went, okay. So all of us grew up liking, you know, Red Alert and Command and Conquer and yeah. You know, we wanted it back when I still think RTS games need to make a comeback, man. I really love RTS. Good RTS games are, grossing they're so, trying they're trying man stardock's got a couple and and eugene yeah. keeps putting stuff out and uh, yeah the thing is it's the fight right with the moba scene because yeah. the rts well, has turned into the mobas well it turned into con- turned into to, to handheld clash to clans you know it's age of yeah. empires you know it's all it's it's where it is now so everybody's it's handheld stuff so you're yeah, right but i mean it's hard to do a, like a lot of unit selection stuff you know, you're exactly right. Used to like a huge screen full of dudes running around, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like StarCraft, um, and that's kept alive largely by Korea, and yeah. uh, you right. know that, uh, right. that. But the whole competitive yeah. scene, right? You know, but everything, d- even despite uh, there must be huge money 
in the competitive gaming scene that we just don't see in mainstream whatever, right? Like Twitch broadcasts some stuff, right? Uh, and, and ESPN was going to show like some Starcraft stuff at one point, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it really took off because they're, they're, their people are not our people. So where is the money? Because I've heard from people that, you know, they were like, oh yeah, man, we went to this, uh, League of Legends thing and there was like this, this whole Coliseum that was rented out. There wasn't an empty seat in the place and, you know. And and it's like, well, where is that? Like, if you're not going to it, where you know, I I don't know, man. There's no exposure. Well, it's, it's well, it's Twitch. It's it's all changed. I mean, it, it's so, so. Twenty years ago, we started making these games. You you buy an ad, you buy an ad in like, uh, you know, Gamespot magazine or PC Gamer or something, and then you know that's how you're that's how people found out about your games, right? Nowadays, it's all stuff like this, and and more even even differently, it's like PewDiePie and Angry Joe, and and there's all these influencers out there, Syndicate, you know, Sm- uh, Smosh Games, Rooster Teeth. You know, Everyone's- Angry Joe, since he started making money, doesn't really seem so angry anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't He's be kind of lost either, his but, edge. Yeah, well, you know, and that's a danger too that you you've got your sticks, you've got to stick to who you are, and um, and then you you tend to start thinking that what you say really matters. In other areas, then maybe you go too far. Like I mean, PewDiePie went too far with his jokes about, you know, yeah. what, things that shouldn't be joked about. And so you've got to realize you should stay true to who you are, you know, and you'll be fine. But so that's where our that's where our advertising is today. It's people find out about games through, and that's one of our struggles on Descent Underground. We, you know, we're still struggling with getting them to to give us a look. Now, some people have. But they're really more about single player because they want to be able to stop and talk to the camera and you know all this other stuff. So multiplayer, you don't want to you don't want to get on a multiplayer and get your ass kicked and and look like a noob to all these seven million people that are watching you. You know. So. Yeah, but di- but in since that seems to be you know the, this is the way you're going to get advertising and, mm. and such. So does that mean whenever you come in to develop a game like this, you have to be thinking streamer friendly? And perhaps yes. esport and yes. all that stuff right from the top, right? So, 100%. so what what are you doing to make this like super esport winner? All right, so uh, we've we've got a ship that we've got a a ghost ship that you can fly around in Descent Underground that that will that will track the action. But more importantly, Descent Underground is is made for Twitch Lite, but we've got a, a mod uh, a mod a mode called Hot Rock, which is a little bit like Rocket League. Um, except that you carry a plasma ball and you can bounce it off things. And you can shoot it to your teammates and stuff like that. You can only hold it for two seconds or it blows you up. And so, and, but not only can you just, you know, you're, you can also be shot, right? So it's yeah. a combat, it's a combat based plasma in six degrees of freedom, but that's not what so. And it's also, uh, it, it's got three or four cameras around the battlefield. You can see through everything. It's, it's, it's like an arena, top down arena. Mm. And then the hook for this game type is we're partnered with Twitch directly to where um, users can vote on things to add to the map in real time. So they're going to participate in what's going on on the map. So oh, you awesome. remember if you've seen, hung- you've seen Hunger Games where you like want to send a favor to somebody or you want the red team to get lava curtains or whatever, the, the fans are going to be able to interact and change the dynamic of the battlefield. Um, okay, as they so, so you and I are on a very similar sheet of music because I had a thought six months a year ago that was, that was basically like okay people are watching people play league of legends right mm-hmm. like 
how can you suck money out of the crowd? Well, if we made some sort of real money transaction where the crowd could throw money in a bucket to buy a power up for the dude that they're watching, right? But it costs them actual money, right? It's it's almost no, like I wasn't call, doing that. Call, call nine hundred whatever to vote for your favorite, <laughs> no, you know what? No, it, like where know. you know it costs a dollar per vote, right? You bring real money. <laughs> so, you bring real money into it. You're just adding complications. Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that there's there's it's a <clears throat> oh no, I'm not I'm not saying you should do it. I, I was just yeah, that yeah, was yeah. My flight of I like of fantasy was just like how can we sucker money out of like the million people that are watching? Well, this then thing. it becomes pay to win. There's this there's this whole line of of mm. pay to win versus there's like a line in games where you know you you have to be very careful and you seem like you're you're gaining an advantage by spending more money so yeah um, while i love well, the idea as a businessman i don't think it would necessarily for our game work in hot I mean, we're just basically it's it's more of a novelty and you know it's more of a way for them to troll the, the contestants and play and well yeah they, they had they had one game that was that was basically made to be played with your audience yeah i, I forget right. what it was called it was like a runner game yep yep i've seen that I can't remember it's I, I know exactly what you're talking about but we want to take it one step further and do that kind of thing with hot rock now hot rock right now That's is awesome. parked because we've uh, got to finish the single player it's well called game of, it's called game of war sorry someone just chimed in so it's called game yeah of war. game of war yeah that's right so we're trying to we're trying to figure out whether we want hot rock to be part of the set underground or whether we break that off as its own entity we may introduce it into Descent and then break it off with the twitch stuff as its own thing um uh the, assuming, the, as, the, the elite folks tried to do that didn't really work really well for them just oh, well that's it we're, we're still yeah. look we're we're six people you know six people full-time four part-time you know we're all we're all doing this passion as a passion we're not <laughs> we're not exactly making a lot of jack if you know what i mean it's yeah just, well if the elite guys had given that mode away free that would have drawn more people into it. That's elite. right. But charging for it, even even a little bit, if you charge a yeah. dollar, you're just yeah. not going to get the people. So that's right. Yeah. So I don't know, but it but it is interesting though to so do, to do that kind of thing. So that one thing that I've wondered though, it, because I had the thought too about well, what about Rocket League in space? But how would you do that? And, the, and well, that's our game. We, that's exactly what we're doing. So you have two goals yeah. at the end, but we're not doing it to where you can balance the ball because the if you have six degrees of freedom, that ball can go anywhere. It'd be almost impossible to control. In Rocket League, it always comes back down to the bottom. So what we do, what we, our decision was, you, the ball encompasses your ship. It just goes around you. It's like the ball is almost the same size as your ship, right? So you get into it, and now you're carrying this plasma ball. And if, if you hold it more than two seconds, it blows you up. You've got to fire it off either against a wall or dribble it or bounce it or send it to a teammate. And the, oh, okay. goals, are at the, the goals are at the end. And on the front part of the goals are small. So in order to get it in there, you've got to make a perfect shot, or you can bounce it off back walls and score from behind. So you can score either direction instead oh, okay. of it just being like like the goals on Rocket League are at the end of the thing. Now imagine you took those goals and moved them about ten feet forward, and you could bounce a ball behind it to score from the backside. Oh, okay. What what if the ball was a weapon and you had it on a tether, and and you it's like, like Harlem Globetrotters kind of the basketball. Well, well, yeah. Like if you stop suddenly, it's going to hit you in the ass and kill you. But if you do a ninety degree turn, you can swing it, right? That's interesting. And and then like let it go, and that would be like you, like you know, you would fire it, but you have to do it with momentum of of the ball. That'd be interesting. That, be that was kind of the thought that I had. Oh, it would be a bear to score, but you could clobber other people with it too. You realize? Okay, so I don't know if you have played it, but we have 
we have that tether mechanic already in our game because our we have this minor rescue mode called minor mayhem and there are miners throughout the map you have to rescue before they run out of oxygen and they bitch at you when you pick them up but they don't you can't actually pick them up they tether to the back of your ship just like you're talking about and they bang into stuff and then you have to score them We'll definitely Scorpion have to do zones. some kind of. We'll definitely have to do some kind of multiplayer event once the uh, once that demo comes out because that sounds awesome. It is fun. Uh, it's fun. Because that reminds you could me. Call it, you could call it major miners. No, that reminds me of. Um, that's an achievement actually in the game. No, that reminds me. I don't know if you guys ever played a game called Test Drive Eve of Destruction. It was on the PlayStation and the Xbox, and that had a mode where you were in a car chained behind another car. And you had to you had to keep that car chained to you alive while everyone else tried to knock your cars out. So great! Oh, can cool. you imagine? Can you imagine a team mode? It would basically be like a potato sack race. It's like <laughs> other these two ships together, deal with each other, go. See, we had a we had a game called uh, back at, at uh, Warthog called Wrath and Skeller. That was a tandem game like that. You controlled two people. One was a fighter, and one was a magic user, and you could flip back and forth between the two of them and they just stay within each other's range. So I think tether games are actually really cool. I'm sorry. I've never heard of that. Um, Getting back to real time strategy though. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hardening. It's kind of hardening. I just looked at how many people are playing age of empires two on steam. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm 8,000 people playing it right now. It's a great game. I mean, we were, we were making conquest when the guys in Dallas, by the way, for that game is incredible. I know it's it's good content. I know. Well, I think that, I think with the rise of consoles and the focus on consoles from people like Microsoft and and Sony, I think that just because a game type hasn't been made in a while, doesn't mean to stop. I mean, I go back far enough to where I can remember RPGs were said to be dead and, then mm-hmm. you know they yeah. came out and Neverwinter Nights came out and relaunched it. So I think RTS has got a, a, is, is due for a, a good comeback. And yeah, look, look at space me, games. Look at space games. They were dead. One hundred percent. Chris Roberts did kind of that. So yeah. listen. So let me tell you the Admiral story. So oh yes, please. We were we were trying to make Admiral stances, and the, the lead program at the time was was saying, oh, it's going to take six months to to figure this out. And you know, I'm like, man, we got you know we got to do Admiral. So when when Tom and I left, we're sitting there talking one Friday, and I'm like, God. Dude, we've got to find a way to get these animal stances back in, you know, and I don't think it's going to take six months. Maybe we did, maybe we put these patterns together and we did, you know, he goes, yeah, let me think about it. So he comes in Monday, right? After the weekend. And not only has he figured out how animal stances can work, he's got them in the game with icons. And oh, I'm like, wow. what the hell did you do, dude? And he goes, just quick seek and destroy. So you drop your Admiral in, the, in your ship, you take your fleet into a, into a, uh, a new, uh, uh, system and you push seek and destroy and it, it it cleaned out everything in the system i'm like holy shit dude what did you how did you do that i love it yeah. and he goes all i did was tell the admiral to find the nearest fog of war and clear it and if there's an enemy there attack it. oh yeah because... it was just a simple the simplest thing became the biggest coolest thing and that and that and, kind and of the... thing is amazing about this game because it it could e- so easily get overwhelming with the multiple the multiple systems and the supply, sure. it could so easily get overwhelming, but it never does. It gets it's because you can hit spacebar and, and go right back to wherever you, you know, whatever's talking to you. It, exactly. It was a good game. We we took it took us a while to make. I think. I mean, I think it was like five years uh, overall, and we had several changes and we threw out the first iteration. And um, but at the end, of, the end result um, at, after we added the five percent of stuff that we needed to put in there back in. 
It's a damn good game. Now we did cut the fourth race. We had to cut the fourth race at some point, oh. like a year and a half or to Vivarium, which we've got, we've already got them in the, in the currently we've got the Vivarium done. They're designed, they're in, they're balanced, but we don't have like the Vivarium are supposed to be a lizard race that has no, um, no shielding, but they've got massive holes, right? So they like to get in there and punch up close. Um, and they're pretty damn cool. We've got some cool weaponry, but I've never been able to finish Conquest 2 yet. So <sighs> someday. Someday. I know. I, I kicked it at Kickstarter, and for some reason. Oh, uh, dude, that's like the, I failed so miserably at that. It was like oh, 330 people. Well, okay, so it's, it's not, that helped. You know, it was new. Sure. It, it was new at the time. I mean, it's mm-hmm. Kickstarter takes its own type of marketing. And well, I, exactly, and I didn't know what I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it. So we used the failure of that to do Star Citizen, which we clearly didn't fail with. And then once I left Star Citizen, you know, for reasons, it's like that game's huge. Um, I wanted to do the smaller thing, and so we did another Kickstarter and succeeded on Descent. And so the thing I made mistake on Conquest is I didn't, I didn't build the audience beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so people didn't even know about it. And so I think I could maybe do it again someday and see if it goes. I mean, but I think in order to do that, I've got to finish this one so that the credibility is, you know, all the way there. So that, the, like, you look at the people who did Wasteland and Tides of the Mary and all that, they they put out a Kickstarter, they're getting two, three, four million bucks to finish it. Um, so I need to get that cachet, that credibility of saying, yes, here it is. And I think we've got it already with the people that are playing it, but um, you want to make sure you hit all everything you said you hit. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that aren't doing that these days. Yeah, a lot yeah. of like was an ant simulator. The dude took money and bought a house or something. <laughs> Can't remember. Something I like I, I I don't remember which game that was, but I remember that story. And yeah, the, well, there's a there's a lot of debacles like like uh, the the Hawken deal, which shenanigans. Yeah. It's shenanigans. I'm telling you, it's a boondoggle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, and Kickstarter's harder. It's it's not it's not as the the kind of the, the glory days or the, the honeymoon are over. I mean, you really need to have a demo before you go yeah. there now. You need you need at the very least to have video of something that can be played. If you don't have a demo, yeah. you need at least at the very least video. Like I'm still kind of shocked. Elite Dangerous uh, succeeded. Dude, they came out with no video. They, they had just an image. They had nothing. They had absolutely nothing. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> they were riding our coattails. We we were kicking ass on Star Citizen, and they they yeah. saw that, and and they immediately put that. I mean, I I don't think I think they used that, and I don't know this for sure, but I think they used it as a way to just generate a couple million extra sales. I think they didn't need it. I think they just did it as a way of marketing. Yeah. Now, I mean, do you know David? Can you call him up? I don't. I don't know. Chris knows David. I, oh, I'm okay. not a, I don't know David well. I'm, you know, that, he's an English guy. I only know so many English people. Yeah, because I need somebody <laughs> to call David and give him some ideas about making that game fun. Because it, it's pretty competent, but it just needs something. So, so folks, if you're not aware, we're talking Conquest Frontier Wars, and it is a space <laughs> RTS. Uh, yeah. And and I do. And if you people, don't know, where the hell have you been? Well, I mean. This is the problem. It came out to relatively little fanfare back in the day. It, okay, so there's a story behind that too. So okay, hit me. Ubisoft, Ubisoft came in and said, "We're going to do this. We're going to do it right." We're like, "Yeah, they're going to be good behind it." So they, they said they published it. They said they put some money into it, and then they were 
uh, what would they pick up? What was the name of the game? Um, uh, they picked up another RTS game while they're while they're finishing ours and totally shifted focus to that one. Um, oh, I think I. Oh God. Um, uh, Battle Realms. It was Battle yes, Realms, which was a great game. It's, which was it was, but but they totally took the money they were going to spend on us and put it towards oh, battle rooms. Really? And so all we got were two advertisements. That's it. Two. Well, you think about it. They had money into battle rooms, so they needed to recoup more. So with us, they didn't have hardly anything into it. It was like a free it was free money for them. So we sold three or four hundred thousand copies um, without any fanfare, and it's still one of those games people pick up and go, "Holy shit! Why? Why did I, Why am I just figure, finding this? And now it's on Steam, by the way." It's five bucks on Steam. That's why I wanted to bring you back on because it's fine. I mean, it's been on GOG for years, but some people prefer Steam. So it's so. Did you have a hand in that in bringing it to Steam? By the way, did you? Of course, it's it's under Descent. It's it's under Descent Studios' name. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, we couldn't. Steam would not put it up there for Fever Pitch Studios, and so now that we had a product on Steam and Descent, we go, can we do this other one? We've got this thing sitting around we'd like to get in there and he goes yeah and so that's how it got in there so it's under descendant studios and we have a bundle package you could buy conquest and descent for like 24 bucks oh i didn't know that that's awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a little marketing moment there for us no <laughs> no problem but uh i'm very happy it's on steam because it still runs great like it's still yeah. like you really don't need to like a lot of older games you need to like do all sorts of crap to mm-hmm. get it to run on modern hardware. But with this, well, out of the box, no problem. Yeah, there, there's uh, two things that I've discovered. The one is if you go into the options menu at any time, yeah. if the game's not running, if, if if you're actually in a mission and you go in the options menu, you're good. It'll act right. Uh, if you go in from the main menu, then it does a weird screen thing where it like yep. smashes the screen over to the side. But I figured yep. out how to work around that pretty quick. The second thing is... The mouse input is is like really slow until you uncheck that box for direct input. Right. But you have to but it's unchecked to start with. So you have to check it and then quit the game, come back in, uncheck it, and then your mouse is normal. So those two huh. things we should we should like write like a, a quickie guide and that should be that should that should be a, put it on the put it on the Steam. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I didn't know that second one about the mouse. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, because the the mouse it it was uh, not using the system cursor, but it was using right. the game thing, and it and it was like really scaled down. Yeah, that's an issue with the uh, GOG version as well. Now that I recall, yeah, yeah, but I but I figured out like when you, if you check it and then you uncheck it, that did something, and and then I was well, I wish I'd have known that because you guys it, we we did make some changes to it before we put it on Steam to where. We some of the things like the we added a patch 1.7. Um, the funny thing about that patch is Tom and I put that patch out five years after we shipped the game. To, I remember that. I remember. I remember yeah. it came out. I was like, "Oh my god, a conquest patch!" <laughs> well, we we put the we I know we put the patch out and then we put we put nightmare in there for AI and, and that that is a, just that game is that game is one I love the game because it. it Single player, you can you can really get a challenge in single player in that game. You can stack numbers of opponents. You can stack different AI types. You can play for hours. Conquest Frontier Wars is a game you can sit down and be. It's kind of like chess for mm-hmm. an RTS. We, we used to say we're putting the S back in uh, our strategy back in RTS. You know, um, with supplies and supply lines and 
I mean, power, we even had power. If you remember, you had to put like, uh, you had to control a jump gate, which would extend your power from your headquarters into the next um, star system so that you could power your uh, your base there or whatever buildings you had. Yeah. If you lost your jump gate, they, they operated, you know, they went out, basically went out of power. And the reason we did that is you want to, it's like supply, it's again, supply lines. It's like, you know, you're cutting the power lines behind the line, behind enemy lines. and It's a target. It's a, you know, it's a strategy. It's a strategy. Exactly. And you have to always have supply ships with you and you have to protect mm-hmm. them. You can't just send, like a lot of RTS just get a, a womp of tanks and just go, Roar. you can't do that with this game because you got supply ships with you that you got to protect. Yeah, that, well, that, to me, that was the thing that really struck me in playing this thing because I, I don't remember if I ever owned it back way back when. I don't think that I did because I don't have, I'm like Gandalf, I have no memory of that place. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but then picking it up again, one, you know, once it's out now, um, and, and Brian was just like, dude, you gotta play it. You gotta play it. And so I, I picked it up and, and, uh, that was the first thing that I noticed was like, wow, my ships all ran out of missiles really fast. <laughs> well, and I'm like, first, that's what those logistic frigates are for. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that, that just impressed me that, it, that it was like, okay, this is one of the few games I've ever seen where you have to bring a, a supply chain with mm-hmm. you. And defend it's, it, it's and you like don't want it up fleet. in the front line. Yeah, it's like a yeah, you don't fleet. want it in the front line. You got to have your tender ships right. in the back. That's exactly. But you have fleet. to defend them. Yeah, but you have to defend them back there because the enemy is going to circle around 100%. and smack your that's supply exactly, guys. That's exactly the, so. The way it was designed was like carrier fleets from World War II and the Japanese island hopping, U.S. island hopping back in then, um, and also the board game Risk, which is where you go from one territory to the other. Um, you know, like the line from Kamchatka to Alaska is exactly the, how the jump gates work. And, and and one of the things you're talking about with supplies and supply lines, and also repair, you can have a repair ship that repaired damage too. Is we, initially, we had them to where they went up to a ship and like they would attach on and they would like, you know, repair or resupply. And that was painful. And so what we did is we put complex methodologies in, but we simplified the way they work. So, like we have a repair ship in there and we have a supply ship or ships, but we put a radius to where anything within that radius is automatically resupplied until it's out of, until the supply ship is out. Right. right. And that was a good way of, you know, of doing it to where it's a, it's a complex scenario, but it's an easy to use for the end user. And so, and RTS games can get super overwhelming with, you know, minutiae. Right. So you've all, you're, it's always a constant fight when you're making those games to whether you want to have um, – you want the complexity. But you Trip Hawkins back in the day used to have something called – you make a game, it's simple, hot, and deep. It's got to be simple to play, it's mm. got to look hot, and the gameplay has to be, have depth. And I think Conquest, I think we nailed it with that game. I mean, not, not to have It still looks Well, the whole great. team. It still looks it's, great. It, and... It's okay. It's not bad. I think it could be better now. I think we can – we can do the graphics better. <laughs> so did the, did the I, game begin with you guys, or did you pick it up in a state where somebody else had been working on it? I, I was a little no, 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 no. We were we were doing a digital anvil. Um, I joined in right after Star Lancer, so I picked it up the last two years. Oh, and one of the reasons it didn't really sell as well as it probably could have, by the way, was nine um, eleven happened three weeks after we launched the game. 
Oh yeah, that's oh. So, so everything, nothing sold for the next three months. Oh, and so it was like it was a bummer, you know, for many reasons. But yeah, that really hurt us. So we're, was Digital Anvil uh, in proximity to Ion Storm at some point? Or? We weren't in proximity. We were so we left Origin Systems. Chris, myself, John Miles, Tony Zervak, Martin Davies, Aaron Roberts. Um, there were seven of us all together. I might be forgetting somebody. That might be it. Um, and and we oh and Robert Rodriguez, and we started um, Digital Ample. Now Iron Storm was starting a, about six months after we did, so they actually came down. I remember Mike Wilson coming down and looking into and and um, Mike Wilson in the uh, oh he's got long hair. Come on, help me out, guys. Uh, John Romero. Romero. God, thank you. He's a friend. I can't can't remember his name. Um, (laughs) So they came. They they came. Oh, you know. So they came down to look at our building to see, you know, what we did. Now I negotiated a deal for the building with Digital Anvil that the owner paid seventy percent of our build out. So we had this real swanky forty seat movie theater and all this stuff in there, but we didn't have to pay for it. They went and took a penthouse in Dallas and spent. Buku's of bucks. I remember that. that. So, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were up there in Dallas doing their thing, and we were you know down in Austin doing ours. Hmm. So, yeah, we were working on Conquest from day one. The, the initial concept was Aaron Roberts' concept, along with myself and Chris, and we worked on it. You know, we wanted to do a, an RTS game for a long time. We wanted initially when we were at Origin Systems, we kind of wanted to do one in the Wing Commander universe, but um, you know, we all left and. I mean, yeah, because that that would have been. Sorry, guys. If if you had had a wing commander property on this thing, it would have been crazy. It would have been, yeah, it would have just blown out, right? So, I mean, they um, did kind of do that with Armada, but it wasn't great. uh, It was. It didn't turn out really well. It was kind. It had some great ideas, but the execution. I think. Yeah, that game was not quite one or not quite the other. It was kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah, it was like uh, Armada and Academy, but these Wing Commander games that were kind of like half, not half-assed, uh, but like midpoint yeah. between generations. So they weren't, they were like, they felt like not right. You know, well, those always two. those kind of games, the ones that were, the ones that Chris were heavily involved in were the better ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he would really drive you to make it something cool. Yeah. He's, so he's, being- a, he's a booger that way. Being an RTS guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would you say are some of your uh, top favorite RTS games, specifically in the realms of uh, modability? Bes- bes- yeah. Modability. Um, you know, I don't. I've never played RTSs that have that have done mods for the most part. I've, some of my favorite ones. I started with Civilization back, you know, the original. Civilization, they moved on to my favorite, probably Command and Conquer, Red Alert, and then um, Age of Empires. I played a lot, but I don't, I don't recall ever playing any mods for those games. Well, I don't, I don't know. Civilization is kind of a hard one as an, as a real time strategy for me. I know, but, I know. But Age of Empires, if you want to think about it, there was there was a professional mod done called. Um, it was that Star Wars game that was essentially done on the Age of Empires Battle engine. Battlegrounds. Uh, yeah, it was oh, the yeah, Star Wars yeah, yeah, Battlegrounds yeah, 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 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I never, I, I didn't play that though. But I, I always, you know, when I think of mod games, and I, I never. Now, our, we have a all gray made a nice mod for Conquest for Gear Wars. 
Really? He's got a mod out for that too. Yeah, yeah. There's already one out there. What is it? Uh, do? We released the source code. Um, and he's he said he fixed some of he fixed some of the unbalanced parts. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, so, so how how are you on Total Annihilation and Sins of the Solar Empire? I liked I liked Total Annihilation. I did not play Sins of the Solar Empire. I played. You want to? to- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, well, you know when you're making games you don't have time to play them you know what i mean like no you can hire that out like hire somebody to play games for you oh, yeah, and then you can right. watch them on twitch yeah, well and, and that would be me like i'm that's I'm a sponsorship okay. i'll sponsor that, sponsor. totally dude you give me a dx racer chair you got me how did how did <laughs> there you go how do the old games play on twitch I, do people still stream like Oh yeah, you know, Ryan, some Ryan does. Yeah, I stream. I, I stream old games all the time. It's, we stream for ice cream. And people, do you, get, people, do you get a decent audience for that? Yeah, because people people love the nostalgia. Like, dude, uh, I'll yeah. tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll give you some keys for descent. I mean, descent. Oh well, yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you uh, some keys yes, for the uh, for the yes, bundle please. for conquest and for for oh. bundle of conquest and descent. And you can use it to build your audience. We'll give you like twenty keys or something. Oh, you can do it! Yeah. People- oh, that's perfect. Bro, yeah, yeah. bring it. I'm. I yeah, that's totally that's what you need to add in. That. I will totally the, run a contest quick, for that. The quick patch for for uh, conquest to make it Twitch friendly is put your system in where people can vote for what your upgrades are. It's like you don't get to do your own research. The audience oh, has to do that wow. shit for you. That would be terrible. See, no, that uh, would be terrible. <laughs> the reason the reason I bring up the reason I bring up the mods thing, specifically with real time strategy games, is the replayability. Now, like you, you look at something like StarCraft Two, for example, that that mm-hmm. game has been out for over a decade at this point, mm-hmm. and yet it still seems like well, no, not over a decade. When did that game come out? It's been out for a while. At least five years. Yeah, it came out in. Yeah, it was like 2000. I think it was 12. 12. It was just before we did this. Just before we did right. So it's been out. It's been out for a while. StarCraft Two has right. So oh, it was a decade between the StarCraft and StarCraft Two. That's what. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, uh, point being is you've got all these people that play the the crap out of this game, and then Blizzard implements their arcade scenario thing where people can make up their own game modes and their own game types like tower defense t- style games within the engine that is the StarCraft 2 whatever awesome engine that is. That. Oh wow. And the and the crazy the crazy stupid thing about it is a lot of people don't know this, but StarCraft 2 is technically free to play, right? You don't even have to own the game to play it. You can't play any like what? ranked matches, but you can play all the unranked matches multiplayer that you want. And you have access to the arcade. What? Wow. I didn't know that. Either. Yeah, you just download. It. You, you can't play the story, but you can play the yeah, you multiplayer. Can't, you can't play but, the story, but you can play okay. all the multiplayer matches. You, you, know, you know, that's funny because that's exactly what we're doing right now to the Sun Underground. We're literally yeah. in the demo. It's all the multiplayer, but only one ship. You don't have all the all the different ships like the Healer and the Panzer and all of this stuff. But we're giving away the multiplayer so that we want people to try. I mean, I think you have to do that. And I God, I wish I had Blizzard's money because <laughs> don't they we have, all. No, I mean, they, the patience they can take when they make a game like Overwatch was something else entirely mm-hmm. before it came in. It came into that. Well, Overwatch, Overwatch was kind of a, um, a happenstance, right? Because they were working on another MMO that got mm-hmm. scrapped, right? And turned into Overwatch, uh, right? Exactly. 
And so the, the fact that they can even reboot like that is amazing. So you Most can do, a, that do a descent RTS. <laughs> if the, it's if it's the in a ships, plan. If the it's ships, ships if you if you actually let wait, the ships wait, mine, wait, right, wait, it would wait, be wait. like Jim. Jim, you didn't hear him. It's, he in, says it's in, in the plan. I did hear him. Okay, we, we've got a seven year we've got a seven year plan for descent. Where where so we're just in we're just in phase one, which is you oh, know wow. you're you're out in space. You're you're so basically the storyline is we've sent people out to find us other Earth because our out of natural resources we're on a lifeline. Uh, people are out in the in, uh, mining the asteroids to keep Earth alive. While they're mining asteroids, they turn it into an esport for back on Earth. So these are heroes. So this is phase one. Phase two, we had gravity and moons and and planets. Phase three, you find an alien artifact. Phase four, the aliens come back. So the the asteroid belt was actually Planet Minerva between or Phaeton between Jupiter and and Mars. It's been blown up. So the aliens come back, and now you got to battle them. And phase five is we go interstellar. The people come back and they take you to a new planet, and now you're competing with star citizens and that so that's like a oh. seven to, seven to ten year plan now this is all assuming that we we you know we get the influencers to look at it and people go yes that's what we want because it could be just finished wood <laughs> you know what i mean people gotta want it gotta my, my, my pesky kids just have to eat yeah i was yeah, just thinking kids. like there's in rts games you're you're removing the fog right but what right. if you were actually digging tunnels what, what yeah. if the whole map was yeah. rock and you're digging, exactly. and then you have to worry because you just opened a hallway for the enemy to come to? Exactly. Well, you could you could unlock pockets. You could dig through and, and find. You could do like we did in Conquest, but you have pockets of of asteroid where there's somebody's built their base in this pockets. So you're drilling through and you're connecting them. Yeah. What if what if the the gems that you mine as money are actually the aliens' eggs, and that's why they're pissed when they come back? Well, they would. They could that. be. That, that, that's getting into Angry Birds territory. I, oh yeah, that's true. Okay. It's almost starting to sound like the Expanse a little bit too. Where they're um, alien yeah. eggs in the Expanse? Uh, well, the, 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 the protomodel. Well, the, the protomodel. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of sorta. An Spoilery. Uh, well, you know, I mean. Are you guys not watching this? Oh no! Well, I read all the books. I haven't watched. First. I, haven't, I haven't watched the latest episode. So. Oh, the latest episode was the best one. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god. It's... Oh my god! Incredible. It's, what's amazing about the Expanse, just on a side note, is that the first season wasn't even the first whole book. It's like fifty-five, sixty percent of the first book. We're still in the first book, oh, technically, wow. which is amazing. I, it's the best show, uh, sci-fi show ah. I've seen oh, since yeah. Firefly. It's it's, yeah. it's really good. And I'll be honest, it took me a while to get on board because since I read the books, I was like, I'm not sure about the casting for a lot of these guys. But they really just eventually clicked with me, uh, especially yeah. Miller. Miller from like day one was like, fuck it. Well, Thomas it's, a, Jane, it's, his hair, it's his haircut. He's got, <laughs> one, he's got, he's got a funky haircut. Uh, belters, man. Belters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, the, they got the three little things in the back and then the... the were you, are, are you talking about the detective guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that. He's got that Blade Runner thing going yeah. too. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of how they lived right? out in the belt. That's that's kind of the whole thing with the belt. Uh, one thing I yeah. wanted to mention is besides modability, and I'm bringing this back. Uh, one way to keep people playing games like this are random map generators, and you guys have yeah. a great one in this game. You yeah, guys have yeah, a great yeah. – I mean, not just for single player, but for multiplayer as well because not only are the the, the system layouts randomly generated, you can have, what, right. up to 16 different systems connected by wormholes? 
in one yeah, match? Yeah, we had him up to th- we had it at thirty two at one point. We had to cut back to oh my 16. god, thirty two I... got a little out of hand. But it was um, yeah, we we did the I remember doing the random map generator and we had to we had to put the parameters down to where one of the things when you do random stuff like that is you've got to make sure that you have balance. You don't mm-hmm. want to put somebody out there where there's nothing yeah. to mind. You know, that exactly. guy screwed, right? So, um, yeah, I remember Jamie Wiggs and I sat down and put that together and, and RV Guard. And, um, yeah, that was fun. The random map generator is – I mean, there's that's... more planets, too. Conquest 2 has the moons, Ooh. you know, which we didn't have. Um, and, and, by the way, you can blow, you can blow up planets. If you can blow planets up, then what can you do? Oh, you're Terraform killing me. Them. You're killing yeah, me. Yeah, so it's – it's all yeah. We've got it all in and working. We just I just gotta get I just gotta get some do re me to finish that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to say like the one of the reasons I keep playing Conquest and, and uh, again I'm gonna mention Kohan again is because mm. they have such excellent random map generators. It, it's something that's overlooked and it takes a lot of time to balance and get it right. And I think I think a lot of games are pressed out early again these days. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you're sort of under the pressure to get them out and and I think. I think there's a lot of talent in the game industry. I think there's a lot of talent in game developers. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we're kind of, you know, we get, we get beheld, beholden to the pub, which is why I did Kickstarter, right? So we can avoid having to do the publisher thing. But um, publishers do serve a purpose because the, they, get your, they get your stuff in front of the right people. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, it's, and even without a publisher, I mean, you can get on Steam, but then what? I mean, just... Well, I mean, then I'm sure, you're right. I'm sure, oh, and, I'm sure you've realized 50, what, what an issue with discoverability oh, is. It's been a mother mother scratcher. <laughs> Steam, Steam, Steam is Steam. We've never been featured once. We've what? um not no no once? not once not featured. Nope 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 nope. For we, don't sake. Meet, we don't meet them. Well, we had too many sales. I don't know. What, I don't know. We get, yeah. I know. I agree with that, that. For fuck's sake. But so we never been featured once. Um, and Steam added, I want to say, thirty eight or forty percent of their entire catalog this last year. So it's got to be the Apple App Store. There's no there's no quality control there. Oh. So it's like, and now it's going to get worse too- with Direct. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm worried about. This whole mm-hmm. Direct thing. I mean, with Greenlight, you at least had some kind of. Vo- it wasn't perfect, but you had at least some kind of curation in terms right. of voting. But now with yep. Direct, we really don't even know what Direct is going to be yet. They're like, we don't know right. what the fees are going to be. There's going to be some kind of crazy application process. We don't know what that's going right. to entail. And I'm not, I'm concerned that that's going to make things worse for discoverability. And they, and they don't listen. I mean, the truth is they don't have to listen. They've got so much money. Oh. They get more money than Blizzard. But it's like they're, uh, you know, they're, they're like, they're the kings. They've become the beast that they set out to, to topple, right? Which they've become the big dog. I mean, you know, Origin's not even close to, you know, so, and GOG is, what, one-sixth the size, so Steam's the big dog, 100 million-plus players there. I mean, you know, they they really don't have, they really, it's it's got to be so hit-driven, and there's a lot of great products that are getting lost on Steam, to be honest with you. Well, I will say this, though, GOG, GOG, I think, has an advantage over Steam that, over time, I think... Gog is in the better position than Origin is to be a like a true competitor to Steam. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're well, doing about awesome. galaxies now. They're, they're doing the galaxies thing to compete directly with Steam. Well, we're there. It's not. Gog. It's not just the galaxies thing though, but it's just it's it's what Gog offers with its stuff. And I'm not talking about the DRM here. 
I'm talking about all of that extra content, wallpapers, yeah, you know, yeah, just just all the little, all that little stuff that people who are fans of the big box, for example, maybe you're not getting that big box anymore, but you're getting all of that content that used to come in the big boxes. I mean, I've got yeah. I've got a Wing Commander box that's got blueprints for ships in it, posters, yeah. all kinds of extra yeah. little goodies in it. You don't get that when you buy games off of Steam. No, I at most at most you can get a soundtrack. That's at most is what you can get. Yeah, occasionally you know, a book. You're right, but they do have Steam Workshop, which is pretty cool. Eh, for for mod like, movies. Like, like, yes and no, though. Like, in some cases, the the workshop is a beautiful place. But mm-hmm. in other places, just like, I could care less about the workshop. Well, I'm a big believer in mods. I mean, we have, I think, five or six of the maps in Descent Underground are user-created user right now. We've got, oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. We've got a map kit that's out. You can make gray box levels. And then we've got a place called the Proving Grounds where people could come in and test the maps that are, and then they could vote on the one they like the most, and then we beautify it, make it game worthy and put it in the game. So yeah. And then we put a little plaque in their honor in the, in the, in the level. So um, I'm a big, big, big believer in mods. I agree with you hundred percent that that's how your game gets legs. And when you've got a game with, with like no fanfare, no publisher, so to speak, it's going to be a long tail to get to where it needs to go. And so the longer you can keep it fresh, the longer you can keep your audience there, the, um, I mean, I don't, do you guys play Half Life, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's what I and that's what I was getting at with yeah. with with the whole thing earlier. Yeah. Go ahead. You you played. Remember, you you were like the rat size running around the kitchen. It was fantastic. Right. All these maps well, and user credit. Well, I, I I'm, I'll take you even like a step back to to Unreal Tournament 2004. Granted, the same year that uh, Half Life Two came out, but. You look at you look at Unreal Tournament 2004. I remember playing like um, custom matches 100%. where you're literally you're literally a hamster in a hamster ball running around in a garden trying to kill each other. Like Isn't that cool? I remember that so vividly because that was the funniest damn thing I think I had ever done in in, a, in an arena shooter was run around mm-hmm. as a hamster in a hamster ball trying to kill somebody. Well, I uh, think well, yeah, there's a lot of games that have come from the mod community. I think uh, Counter Strike. Yeah, was Counter a, Strike, Day of Defeat, uh, Team Dave, Fortress. Oh, Defeat. Yeah, 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 yeah. All those yeah. are great games. Portal. You know, all these things are, you know, ultimately mods from and I think sure. and, and that's if if I if we can make our game to where um we become Descent University and people can make games and maps and game types that we never thought of, then we've done our job. And that's See, and, but- but again, that's that's where I was getting to with the whole workshop thing. That that in some cases it's good, in some cases it's bad. For me, a good a good mod isn't like, well, here's this cool like gun skin I have for like this mm. one game. To me, to me, a cool mod is something where it's like a to- like let's totally convert this game mm. into something completely different. And like Homeworld, the new Homeworld remaster is a great example of this because. You go into their workshop, and there's already a whole bunch of like total conversion mods that are in there. There's a Stargate, there's Star Trek, there's Battlestar Galactica. Oh, wow. there, there's there's a whole bunch of them that people are making. How Star can they? Wars. Do, how can they do that though? That's sort of. I guess they don't charge for it. Is it? A, is no, it a, no, no, no. Like you, you have to you have to own you have to own the Homeworld game. But in the workshop, people are making and and putting up. These are the professional modders, by the way. We're not talking about just like no, I know, uh, I know. But, you know but, the but, little. Little Billy who makes a copy, but no, no. But sometimes when you do those things, 
the big brother gets wind of it and shuts that one down. Oh, no, no, no. Well, no. Uh, oh, oh, you're talking about, like, LucasArts shutting down yeah, the Star Wars mod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's the funny thing is, is because mods tend to ride a fine line. Some mods, they can get away with it. Some mods, they can't. Right. Uh, in terms of the Stargate one, they actually had full permission from MGM or something to do it. Because um, because they they're actually working on not just like a total conversion of just multiplayer, but they're building a whole campaign like total conversion as well. And wow. they got uh, permission from MGM to use actual clips from the TV show. They oh, got uh, they got uh, permission from EA to use the. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront uh, menu um, selection that EA has from Dice for the new Battlefront game, like they mm-hmm. used that menu system for the new menu system uh, in their mod, and they had total permission from EA to use it. So it's just like, you know, some of these guys, you know, they they'll go out of their way to make sure that they have permission to do stuff. Other guys, they take the risk and see if they get a DMCA. But well, I, uh, think, I think I think developers though they need to. Um, you need to go in with an idea that you're going to support mods because, like, I'm sure you guys played Battlefield 1942, right? Absolutely. One of the best FPSs ever. And they had mod map kits and stuff out there, and there were some enormously incredible, like Remagen, the Bridget Remagen they did. for, for, But in order to play it, you had to know where to load the map and then load it on your server. It it didn't make it easy. Like, the thing I liked about Half-Life 2 was that if you made a map, and you were on the server, it would automatically stream to your... Right, it did download right to you, yeah. And that's how you, you've got to think about user-friendly stuff to where, like that, to where it works, you know, where you can really make it shine. Hey, do you, pretty... you, guys have, do you guys have any more questions? Because I've, I've got to eat dinner. Oh, my God, no, we're sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry, but crying out loud, I'm, I could talk all night, but I've got Sloppy Joe in the other room. Bubbling up. Oh, I could talk about conquest on that as well, but yeah, go eat. Uh, oh, I haven't had sloppy Joe in in a dude a billion years. Go, go eat. We'll wait. Oh my god! <laughs> no, we won't. I um, can do actually. I can, I can do that. I can talk. I can talk while we. I can eat. I, no, you know, no, the music. no. Go, go eat. We'll we'll wrap up after Let's you go. Let's all go to the lobby. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's Derek. all go to the lobby. Go ahead. Derek. Well, listen. Oh. I'm gonna ourselves a snack. That's right, Brian. Hook me. Hook me up, brother. I will be happy to. Give you guys some keys so you can help build your channel on Twitch for oh, some yeah. of the bundle between Descent and Conquest. Okay. Um, and I'm happy to talk about Conquest anytime. I mean, that game is is probably it's, it's like probably my favorite one I've ever made because it was. Mm. Um, well, we need to so schedule good. it for a Thursday so night, good. and then we need to play. Play it with us. Yeah, oh, I'm so rusty. I need to get back. I've yeah. got well, We suck, so it'll oh, be. Oh, we're terrible. Then. We got it working on Evolve yeah, again. Yeah. We got it working on Evolve. We're great. So, yeah. Well, so you guys are you guys have got it working on multiplayer then? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yarp. Yeah, it was great, dude. And Brian, Brian's taking some of that Patreon cash and bought himself what? a nice little, uh, nice little um, uh, evolve like dedicated IP address system, so that way we can play all of, like the private land matches mm-hmm. we want with almost it's almost great. any almost any now, game. Now, how hard was it to hook up in Conquest? It wasn't. It wasn't. Jim and it wasn't. I. It Jim and I played, and uh, we played uh, co-op against the AI, and it was a it was a stupid AI and a really smart AI, and we lasted about ten minutes. 
uh, before the <laughs> before the AI came in and just was like, "Hey, here's a billion missile cruisers." Bye. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wonder what the yeah, AI's doing. We haven't seen well. him for ten minutes, and then steamroller. <laughs> All of a sudden, oh, uh, eighty million missile cruisers came through the gate. Oh well, that was a good game. So, yeah. Oh. Look at the yeah. Oh, sorry. So, uh, folks, the game is Conquest Frontier Wars. You can get it on GOG or Steam for, I believe, six dollars. Best six dollars you will ever goddamn spend on a real-time strategy game, bar none. Seriously, yeah, and is... I've tested it. I tested it up to nineteen twenty by ten eighty, which is Oops. fine. It looks great, and I I don't know if I can take it like higher than that. Or into weird resolutions. I could try like 3440 by 1440 and see if my machine explodes, but I don't know. Do that, do that at your own risk. <laughs> so I, I do have a question for you about sure, that. Sure, sure. So okay. a lot of these older games, they were meant to full screen only and didn't know anything about playing in a window. Mm-hmm. Is there is there any way of getting some of those into a window? without um, them freaking out. Well, I, I know this, there's an app that, that does it, but it does I, it like a full screen window. Now, this one has a command line thing. I think it's dash mm-hmm. windowed, I think. That, oh, really? Because I played That's it in correct. a window. Yeah. I, I played it in a window to stri- to record it. I had to play it in a window. I had to keep it at an 800 by 600 window because the menu, um, OBS doesn't like when you switch resolutions. So mm-hmm. I had to keep it at 800 by 600 to match uh, the menu screen. But yeah, you could totally run it in a window with a command line argument. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, because yeah. because yeah. like a lot of games are not. Yeah, not cool every game at all. will do that, and not every game. X Wing Alliance. X Wing Alliance is the worst, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, some other. Uh, I tried running um, Emperor of the Fading Suns with DX Wind, you know, in a window. It reset my whole machine, like hard reboot. Wow. Boom. Yeah. Whoa. So. I wonder yeah. if it's possible that somebody could write an app because we have virtual machines, right? And the virtual machine sees a virtual screen, oh. which is in a window. What about just a virtual monitor that Windows well, sees as a monitor, just but it's XP, in a window? You can just get like XP mode. That's close to that. Yeah. It's not great, but it runs some things like stars. That's the only way you can get it to run is if you run it in something like that. Anyway, let's let Eric go. Yeah, I'm starving, man. Yeah, go eat, go eat, go eat. We're right. gonna, listen, and then we'll wrap listen, up. I want to be on again, though. I don't think oh. we finished talking about conquest, but Eric, let's do it again. I'll talk to you offline. We will get those keys, and we'll also schedule. We we do a multiplayer Thursday night every week. We'll see if we okay. can get you on one of those in the in like the coming months. Happy to do for it for both Happy descent and conquest. We'll do like two of them. We'll do one for descent and one for conquest. Happy to do it. All right, I will talk in soon. Go eat. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate your time. Bye. Uh, our pleasure. Uh, so, folks, to wrap up real quick, um, on two on Thursday for Multiplayer Madness, we're going to be diving into some Diablo 3 uh, by request. I think that was Hunter's yes. request, actually. Yes. So, uh, I'll bring out my level 60 uh, laser wizard. Uh, because I love my laser wizard. Yeah, this Thursday. Yeah, this is Thursday. I love oh, my I better, laser wizard. I better clear that Unlimited power! <laughs> Actually, so, I question. don't think you need to. I think we can just jump in the story with you, I think. That's well, true. yeah, you can yeah. jump in the story, but you want to do adventure mode. No, that's no, 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 no. We'll jump in with you. Don't even worry about it. We'll have fun one way or another. Don't even stress. Yeah, don't even worry about don't it. Don't even stress because that story it it takes a while. It's it's a it's a look hot, at my lasers. 
I will freeze everything. Yeah, see, I'm I'm playing the Paladin, so or whatever he's called, the Crusader. The, oh, whatever. I've not done the Crusader. It, oh, he's done... OP as shit. Oh, oh my yeah, God. he's a beast. He's oh, really? A beast. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's... I haven't died once in Ooh. the entire. I'm I'm at like the mid maybe. You got to up the di- you got to up the difficulty then, because if you're not dying, you need to up it so you'll get more experience and more be- and better loot. You got to up the difficulty. Well, I just I just want to clear the damn story, period, and then I can okay. do whatever. That's fair. Well, yeah, all right, but still, there's there's whatever the speed some, route is. There's the something story. to be said for upping the difficulty so you get better shit. That's just true. You do get a lot of better shit the yeah, higher the difficulty. Exactly. Uh, so Thursday we're going to be playing that and uh, Diablo three, and then um, Tuesday we're going to be doing something a little different. Uh, you, if you listen, if you've listened to this show a while, and thank you if you have, you might notice that every so often, especially Jim and I, will go off tangents about flight simulators. Uh, we do this with a fair amount of regularity because we love. Flight simulators. So we're going to take a little break from space games next week and do a flight sim show. We're going to talk the classics. We're going to talk the current stuff. And we're going to talk about our favorite flight sims, old and new, because we love flight sims. Love. Ever since the Sublogic days. I think that's true of you as well, Jim, right? Ever since the old, good old uh, flight simulator back in the Um, 80s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I was more so on like the Amiga playing flight sim stuff. I, th- I think there was flight and... simulator on the Amiga, wasn't there? Not. I started... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I started well, it wasn't with... the Sublogic one, but they, oh. there was like X twenty nine Retaliator. Right. And yes. There, there Ocean. was an F eighteen was... game that was amazing. F eighteen Interceptor. F eighteen Interceptor. Yeah. Yes. That was awesome. Yes. Uh, A ten Cuba. Oh God. That was. Good I had shit. I had A ten um, Cuba, and I also had um, Aces Silent. over Europe. Oh, so Aces uh, games were so. See, this is why we're doing a show, you guys, because we can wax lane forever about flight sims. Oh, yeah, I games. honestly, oh, I would I pay real money for a, a working. Uh, well, M1 Tank Platoon Two, please, mm, please, mm. Gog, any day, please. You, you know what? I and would, uh, you know what I would pay if someone but, brought. But also, up, well, ahead, sorry. Also, European Air War. Oh, 1942. Shit, yes. I would also pay for someone to bring all the Janes games to GOG. Just make them work. Especially, like, I can get some of them to work, but, like, some of the ones, like, um, USAF doesn't work. Oh, and, yeah, um, please. And uh, Israeli and Air Israeli Force. Force oh, my God. Yep. That game is great. Doesn't work. Can't get it to work. But some of them, like, World War II fighters I can get to work. And... Um, which is great. So um, how how do you like World War Two fighters compared oh, I love to like? It. Oh, I love it because it's 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 not it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's more on the fun side of the spectrum. It's like kind of the fighters anthology of World War Two Sims, which I'm totally fine with. I love World War. I love all the Jane Sims. Every goddamn one of them. Every one of them. Yeah, U- U.S. Navy fighters was mm. something. Oh, that was well, a thing. Well, you put fighters. Fighter anthology was the whole thing. Remember that one? That was. Oh yeah. yeah. That was ATF. No, was it ATF? No, it was US. It was ATF Advanced Tactical Fighters, and it was US Navy Fighters and a bunch of other shit. That's like the only sim where you could fly the uh, C one thirty gunship. I think is that one. Yeah, that was correctly. super primitive, but it, but at least oh, they had textures had... at that point. <laughs> and... You know, it wasn't it wasn't like Falcon Three. No, where but they had it was like 
Yeah, but yeah. So, Falcon Three was good shit though. Oh god, oh, but so man. much Fighters Anthology had so much content though. Remember, like had like a billion campaigns, like from from Korea, Vietnam, and next like, week. Yes, sorry, thank you, Hunter. That's why I'm saying <laughs> we could do a whole show on this. Because uh, so we are, we're next going week. to. Uh, so, folks. <laughs> Uh, just last thing, if you haven't subscribed to either the podcast or the YouTube channel, please do so. We are just creeping up on 5,000 users on the YouTube channel. That would be a lovely milestone to hit. So if you haven't yet... Please like and subscribe. Please like and subscribe. And uh, don't forget to check out the Patreon. We are uh, getting close to a goal where I will get a camera and a green screen. We're not that far away from that now. So if you want to see my ugly mug on videos... Uh, check out the Patreon. It's all on SpaceGameJunkie.com. Everything is on SpaceGameJunkie.com. So thank you so much for listening and watching, and we will see you next week. Have a good one, everyone. It says Diablo's in Season 9. Does that mean I have to watch the other eight seasons? No, no, no. That's a a multiplayer thing. That's a multiplayer thing. I know. Which is awesome. I did one season. Does it end with a cliffhanger at the end of the season? No. Uh no, it basically ends with uh Ben Cisco becoming a wormhole alien. Oh, I'm sorry, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. And then you find Big. out that Elliot Elliot was in jail Big the whole spoiler. time. Uh, that was a crazy trip, man. That, that blew my mind. Which one was that? What was that? Elliot was in jail. But they oh, never did Mr. tell Robot. us what the smoke monster was. Was that oh, was that lost? Was that that lost? one was lost? Uh, they did tell you what the smoke monster was, but they never like really told you. Oh, and Starbucks and like Angel. A- Starbucks and Angel. Oh my god. Just by the way. Or the or or the devil. Or the Angel devil. We're just gonna ruin everything for you now. We're just gonna ruin everything. Just ruin a 10, 20 year old shows that if you haven't watched by now, you should. Anyway, see you next week, folks. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Darth Vader's Luke's dad. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Gilligan gets off the island and then he gets trapped there again. What? Dumbledore dies. <laughs> Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. Guys, you're a cool touch in the night.